Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Minutes. Myself, Michael Burjo, James Lamplow, talking about commercial yields, episode 452 of Morning Minutes. And today, in relation to commercial property investment yields when selling or even when you're buying, what returns should you be looking for um, when you're looking at a strata title property, which could be a factory, office, retail shop, compared to a freestanding property, which basically the difference is one has a strata manager, multiple titles, potentially multiple owners compared to buying the whole whole building. James, you first will go, this could be one element why people would pay a higher price basically. So when you're paying a lower yield, higher price is the easiest way to sort of think yep. about it. Um, as a lot of property investments, do you find tenants like to rent properties that are a freestanding property or strata? Talk us through a little bit about that when showing properties a strata versus industrial or like freestanding. Yeah. So typically if you go back to back a step to just when you're negotiating, um, negotiating lease terms, if there is a strata titled property, it makes it a lot more difficult in terms of the finer nitty gritty details that you're trying to pass where you need approvals and you need to be able to have permission to do this and that and signage and whatever else it might be. Freestanding properties, you don't have that element. If it's not strata, you can pretty much, pending permission from the owner, you can pretty much do what you like. So there's two different sides to it where, excuse me, um, yeah, you really have to be very careful with the strata properties, what you can do, what you can't do. You've got something hanging over your neck at all times, um, almost assessing and making sure you're doing the right thing. So there's two very different ways in which there's leniency that applies to it. Um, and that makes a big, big difference just in negotiating when you're buying or selling, um, or sorry, renting or buying. Yeah, and that's where it comes to because majority of people buying commercial property, they are investors. So it's very key for them to understand the process and what goes through the tenant's mind, because you don't want to be buying an asset that looks good, but tenants don't like that asset because yeah. an asset with no tenant is not a good investment. So that that's a key factor where basically anything, some people like if you are going to buy strata, because generally it's a lower purchasing uh, entry level, you like a smaller block because when you buy and what you said before adds a whole nother approval level. Sometimes council is hard enough to deal with, but then you add strata. It can be okay if there's only three or four other owners, you can speak to them. My screen's off. You can speak to them say, Hey, this is what we look to do in the property. Do you have any issues with it? And if they say no, then that's great. But when there's a hundred owners or 150 owners and you got to seek approval, sometimes yeah. you just get the, sometimes it's, they ask a lot of questions, they delay. Um, they almost want to know what your yeah. grandmother's um, surname was. And sometimes that's rightfully so. You may be doing a commercial kitchen or a brewery or something along yeah. those lines where it's very justified to go, well, how are you going to have ventilation? Where are you going to be drilling in the concrete? And then sometimes yeah. you're doing something very simple and very typical and you just get put through the ringer. It makes the process very difficult. And a lot of tenants will steer away from strata properties because 
they know it could be a potential headache. And yeah. where the arm wrestle is, and you would have experienced this, James, is where it's like the owner wants them to sign a lease, but the tenant doesn't want to sign the lease until they know they can get approval from Strata and then go through council. And none of that yeah. happens overnight. Strata approval, before you even get an answer, could take a month. And yeah. luckily, sometimes commercial property is empty for a few months, so you can have time. But sometimes you get a property where there's a tenant who doesn't seat, doesn't need to do any extensive approvals to move straight in versus a tenant that needs to go through that process. And a lot of the time, they will miss out on it yeah. because when you go to freestanding, you simply go to the owner, hey, this is what I want to do. Are you okay with it? Yep, no problem. Just let me know before you drill. Like it can be a quick 30-second conversation and then yeah. they sign the lease and it moves very it moves very quickly. And knowing yeah. that sort of gives you an understanding why some investors, most investors will pay a higher price for a freestanding property versus a strata property because of that process. Now, yields typically for let's um because there's always a question mark or an x factor with a freestanding property which is development potential when you're buying in a strata property it's already been developed on the rare occasion you hear um like i know that's happened a lot in bondi an older block of 10 units they all sold to a developer and then they can do 30 units because maybe zoning changed but typically in a strata complex, there's no added development you can do to it. So yeah. what it is, is what it is. Um, but with freestanding, there's that X factor. You may be able to do industrial units. You may be able to do apartments. So some, most often the yield would be on a freestanding 4% to 5%. And, but then sometimes the yield doesn't matter. Like James, if, if you've got 20 units approved on it, they're not really too worried about what the income is, are they? Yeah, well, that's it. You've got long-term plans of the property anyway, and you're purchasing it so you can make, you know, better things happen. So the purchase price at the time, yeah, it doesn't make too much impact. So I agree, yeah, the yield isn't, isn't relevant for that side of the picture. Sometimes they want no income because they want to be able to build straight away. Yeah, so they want to get if, started. Yeah, so if you've got a long-term tenant in there, it, it can actually not allowed developer to access that value because when you're leasing a property, it's basically yours. Like they can't just, unless you've got a demolition cause, you can't break it. But yeah. um, so then coming to freestanding, that's probably been our strongest market on the Northern beaches are investments with, we said it on yesterday's show, anything with a uh, long-term tenant has sold very, very well in the strata market but also in the freestanding market has been superb. And we're seeing, we had, there was a couple of sales on the Northern beaches with, you've sort of got grades. I like to sort of think about it. You've got your A grade tenant, which can be like Caltex and a global brand national. They're like A grade yeah. bank. Then you've yeah. sort of got your, then you go down to your B grade, which would be a national tenant, maybe something like a Total Tools. Yeah, uh, a franchise. Yeah, franchise. And then you've, and then you sort of come to your, your independent owned properties and the same property as an independent on a five-year lease may be 
five percent yield, but a national brand, someone may pay four percent, and a global brand like KFC, Caltex. We just had two sales, one in DY at a 3.1% net return. That was on a 15-year yeah. lease, which is cra- it's 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 um big difference. And then Caltex, yeah. uh, Brookvale, I believe, sold at a 2.7% return. And we're close to brokering a deal um, around that sub 5% yield in Brookvale with a national tenant. So whenever you're selling a um, freestanding property, you want to assess what, if you're not the business, what grade does your business fit into it? And James, why do you think someone will pay a lower yield, i.e. higher price for a Caltex compared to maybe a, a mechanic who's an independent? What's sort of going through their mind for well, the investor? It's two very different. You're talking about a whale and you're talking about, you know, um, an entry-level everyday business. Um, doesn't take anything away from it, but that whale has a hell of a lot more pulling power with what they can do and the financing that they can get. They're looking at long-term plans at all times and they're looking at, right, this spot, you know, I can use it as what it is for the next time The next time being on a low rent, on a low yield. doesn't really make too much impact, but in the future, in 10, 15, 20 years' time, that site can become X, Y, Z. Yeah, and also when you're buying with a global brand like a Caltex, KFC, they've basically got, when it comes to rent, they've basically got endless money. You don't, yeah. you rarely hear of a national or global brand not paying their rent. So yeah. an investor will pay more for that, for the security of knowing that because having a five-year lease and a 10, like, let's pay it, say this way, the same property with a independent mum and dad business on a one-year lease may sell at a five a six percent return even if it's yep. freestanding yeah but then same property with a national tenant on a 10-year lease could sell at a three percent yield yeah that when Security. you think about it it's it's insane but that is a commercial market and yeah. let's say that rent was a hundred grand six percent return what's that a 1.8 million, a 3% return is nearly $3 million. That's a huge variance. And it's got nothing yeah. to do with the market, the property or to do with the business. And that's where it really yeah. comes into finding owners love to find that national tenant, or they're a little bit picky about their tenants. Luke said ridiculous 3% net yield crazy. Yeah, it is. It, it's there's a lot of it's actually not as crazy now as it used to be because previously people are getting commercial loans, especially loan doc for 1.8 percent, especially for that stuff above 10 million private lending. Where previously yep. you couldn't get a commercial like people were buying properties like your Caltexes, your childcares, um, your banks, they've always sold it at a very sharp yield three to four percent, and yep. Two things about it, the buyer is sometimes buy, buying it all cash or majority of cash. So, and like people buying properties a few years ago on a 3% yield and they're borrowing money for 4%, but they're only got maybe a 20% loan and it's gonna be paid off in five, six years and they're getting it there. But when you compare yeah. it to, this is where it's not as crazy. Cause you think, well, what, because two things, um, 
if you've got $10 million and you may be 60 years old, it's very hard to actually find an asset which won't basically become a full-time job. So you look at a KFC that comes to market, it's $8 million, 3% return. You know it's going to be secure. We've chatted about this not too long ago, James. Um, you know it's going to be secure and the money going to be regular and it's all one tenant. It's basically stress-free. Where yeah. what, else are you, what else are you going to do with that $10 million? You could buy 15 units, but... You're, yes, you would be, or even say 15 smaller commercial units. Yes, you could be getting a higher return, maybe 6%, like we said, strata, but you've got to manage 15 properties, 15 tenants, um, potentially 15 strata bills. Yeah. And then you've got that turning over. And if you're 60 years old, you may not want that headache. You would rather have a solid 3% yield coming in rather yeah. than the stress of a 6%. But if you're maybe James 35 years old and you're like managing property, like we, yeah. got a, we got a lot of landlords that are pretty full to hands on, don't we? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But again, it, it, it depends on how passive you want to be. And um, yeah, that's a really interesting way to think about a Burge actually, because you can consolidate or you can, you can invest money in all sorts of different ways. And it just depends on, yeah. Do you want to be hands on or do you just want to sit back? So, yeah, that actually even makes more sense to me now that we're saying it again, being able to just consolidate into one purchase doesn't need to have a high, high yield or high return, just ticks over. Secure. And it's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's the security, it's the peace of mind. And you, you have all your, well, not all your eggs in one basket, but it's all, it's all together. So, yeah, that's, that's funny. That's actually made something click for me inside <laughs> there. So that was good. Because I've had plenty of clients when they're getting to 50, 60, where they've employed me to sell a lot of their littler properties, few apartments, few shops yeah. here. And then they're like, okay, find me something. Let's say they had $5 million worth of property, but in six properties, they're like selling all that, find me a bigger asset, which it's, it's set and forget. Um, I yeah. can just pass one property down to my kids. They can manage that because yeah. they may have been very hands-on, but their children may be doing a law degree and they're going to want to do, they're not going to be able to, uh, manage the property so yeah. it needs to be a set forget as well and that's what we found so strong on the northern beaches is anything with a tenant three five ten years it's a solid return as well um, with a lease a national tenant is great um, works really well and with anything that when you have freestanding that may be because i'm just doing one in narrabeen which it's uh, B2 zoning. They've got tenants, they've got long-term tenants, but they're in a, it's all commercial building, but they've got the ability to build units there. And you have two options as an owner. You've, you either spend the money and do the due diligence yourself to find out how many apartments you can build or what you can build on it. And then you can go to the agent and say, hey, what would a 10 unit development site be worth? And you can put a price. Or yeah. you can go to the open market, the 50 best developers who are looking in the market at the moment, or look at your property or do their own analysis. And you take bits from everybody and go, well, he says you can do eight. He says you can do 15. They've built 50 buildings before. If he says they can do 12, it's pretty confident to do that. Um, but one thing a lot of people 
they don't like to admit or they just don't know sometimes a property is worth less developed but there are so you may have a solid building on it yeah. and with like we get this a lot in narrabeen lagoon street in particular you can do you can lagoon street narrabeen if anyone's north of northern beaches you can do units there r3 zoning which is like the gold mine for anyone listening because that just means you can you can have a house there but you can also knock it down to be build units but if you drive down that street predominantly it's still houses and the yep. reason is the land price and the house price is worth so much it's actually not worth knocking down that house to build four units or whatever it is um, yep. because you've still got a height limit to work in so that's where it's that balance but sometimes you can actually attract if see knowing sometimes works against you because if you know that you can't actually build more units than you thought then you can't when you try and sell it there's no question mark sometimes you'll get a buyer they may miscalculate and they think they can do 15 units compared to 10 and they pay more for it but if yeah. you've if you've got your da it takes away all the risk, all the guesswork and go, well, you can only do 10. So I'm going to pay you as per 10. But then a lot, some buyers will pay more if it's approved so they can build straight away. So there's so many sub markets and sectors and things to consider. And that's why yeah. it's very important to have a specialized commercial agent bring to solar property. There's nothing worse than when I see commercial building basically being marketed by a residential agent because when we value a property you've got the rental income what it can lease for um, what it is rented sometimes it's under rented the development what can you do on the zoning and the land rate and all those three you sort of price it three different ways and then you sort of see where those three different prices come in and draw the draw your conclusion from that it's not as simple as a residential but like james there's really no two two commercial properties the same, are there? Residential, there's 10 units, two bedrooms, DY, you can pick it a week and you know what they sell for. Commercial, how hard, it's so hard to find two properties alike. Yeah, it was interesting you say, you say you, and you can have something, you can have something that seems like an amazing development opportunity and it can still sit there vacant for, for, for years. Well, there was one up in French's Forest that we were talking about a little bit in the last couple of weeks, Burge. I can't remember the, address off the, the top of my head house. now but the boarding house is one and it'd been on the market for like three or so years and you know it was a cheap property it looked like it had great potential but people don't want it so you think you're sitting on something great but again yeah you need to have someone that's going to give you good advice so um then was looking to sell commercial property out there mr bergio is your man yeah like i've met with so many owners who they've like they're thinking they're sitting on this site that they can do 50 units for example sell it for big money and you get there and you look at it and you're like actually you can only do a tenth of that and they're like, oh yeah. my friend said this it's because a lot of people it's almost like they're doing future planning based on a barbecue conversation so it's very important to get yeah. that um, expert in a town planner and put you into the right people like i had one client this is I had one client, he had an office in DY and he, to find out what it was worth, he used like the ComBank app where you can type in a property or you can put in a property and what you bought it for and it'll calculate what it's worth now. Something along those lines. Yeah. So he did that and it said it was worth like $800,000 because he bought it like 20 years ago. Yeah. 
but when I got there, it was worth $250,000. And he's like, but because he wanted to retire, thinking he'd have these two offices worth 800 grand each, retire for 1.6. And I was like, no, it's they're 250 each. And he goes, but this told me they're worth this. And I was like, what do you mean? I had a look at it. And one, those calculators are for residential property. And two, yeah. just it's sort of rubbish. But he, that's a perfect example of someone planning a future based on wrong information and not having an expert in. And it can be quite yeah. just, yeah, it can be quite tough knowing that he was using, he wanted to sell that for the retirement and they're worth a lot less than what he thought. And it happens yeah. a lot with developments as well. But yeah. I think Basic plans on speculation. Yeah, I think so too. All good. Thanks everyone for watching. Bye. Cheers. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye.